Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. had a problem like that in a couple of weeks, so. Well, yeah, I was still talking about the Dunkin' Donuts episodes and, you know, how Frank Kowalski came in and joined us. And, you know, he was a former WWF ring announcer who was there, you know, right around or before Howard Finkel. And, you know, Frank did the New England area, Massachusetts, uh, New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, all, all of that way. And he was doing it well over 20 years. And I remember him telling us that he was a ring announcer at a show they had at Platt High School. And Vince McMahon happened to be at the show. And after the show was over, Vince asked him if he was interested in doing some more ring announcing. And Frank said, yeah, and it took off after that. Yeah, I, I went to Platt High School. I, I mean, I knew he was a teacher. Um, I had his wife as a teacher who was probably one of the most strict, meanest, and I'll say that in quotes, yet nicest ladies that you'd ever have um, as a teacher. Um, and they were having a wrestling event there at the school. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm sitting there, and then here's, you know, Mr. Krasinowski, you know, walking in and then I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't realize you were into wrestling, you know, kind of, you know, saying that to myself. And then he, you know, he's in the ring announcing. And I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, I mean, that was, uh, that was good uh, to see him. I mean, we've had uh, a very, you know, long, very good relationship with Mr. Krasinowski being on the show and, you know, I haven't really talked to him in a while. I hope everything's going well for him and his wife. Um, might have to bring him on the show again one other time and see if he still watches the product and see, you know, what he thinks of it now. Right. Uh, yeah, so I would have never, never expected 500 episodes. I mean, we did episodes 100 and 200 at John Storm in Southington. No, no, we did one of them in Wallingford and then the other in Southington. Wallingford, that's right. One in Wallingford, one in Southington. That's yep. right. And yep. uh, I would have never. That, that's you know, that's when John was a major contributor to the show, I and mean, he set us up, you know, with with several call-ins on both of those shows. Yes, I mean we had call-ins that night from Tony Atlas, Demolition, Tio uh, Santana. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. During that show, you, you know, you can catch a lot of those shows on YouTube. I mean, you can type in Top Rope Report and there's a lot of the stuff on there um, that we did. Uh, I, hope, I hope everything's going okay with our guest. I mean, he hasn't uh, sent me a message saying he's having a problem getting on. He's supposed to be joining us at 3.30, but right. probably getting up already because he's got to be on Facebook Live, so... Making himself oh, look yeah. all, all pretty. I think so, yeah. But um, so yeah, I mean, when how, when did we yeah. when did we start doing 
prediction shows. I know we weren't doing them from the beginning. Um, no. And I know originally it was just me, you, Joe, and Tony Black. That was the original four. And then DJ joined, um, and Tony left, and then Tony came back, and then we added Mrs. 24-7, and then Tony left again. Um, but I don't remember how long, quote-unquote, long ago it was that we started doing prediction shows. I'd have to say probably, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd have to say I think it might have been 2019. Um, yeah, maybe. Overall, the DJ won one overall, so that's at least two years right there. So this is our quote-unquote fourth year doing it? Yeah. Okay, that sounds about right. And, and the prediction show was, was a great idea. Um, he's got a lot of things that, uh, you know, he would, even call, he would even send me messages and say, hey, I got this for a bonus. Let's try this for a bonus. And now we got this thing that we call the time bonus, which helps me out a lot because that, that's how I win my – a majority of the prediction shows at the time bonus. Yeah, we're going to have to last place. We're going to have to get rid of that. <laughs> but uh, it, it's weird because it seems like the more bonuses I add to make the prediction shows more interesting, the worse I've started doing. If you look back at that, I mean, I didn't. You know, we started adding. I mean, always said the unadvertised surprise. Um, but then when we started adding other things, and if you ever look at the pay-per-views where it's just okay, you know, Survivor Series, the amount, the order of eliminations, I'm never close. <laughs> I'm way off. It's all those extracurricular activities that I add to make our show more interesting. Right. That seemed to I bite know. me in the ass. Yep. I mean, there were some things where – you know, I mean, I can remember one thing in general, basically, going back because Greg remembers this vividly. I mean, there's been times where we had to make decisions on should the person get the points? Should it, it didn't go the way it was supposed to, like the Bray Wyatt-Daniel Bryan situation. Stop and, right uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit. Because that one cost me a victory in the pay-per-view show. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, Bray uh, Wyatt has this hold that's called the Mandible Claw. And he put it on Daniel Bryan where 90, 95% of the people that have it on submit. And I believe... Well, they don't submit. The Mandible Claw makes them pass out. Or pass out. And for whatever I reason. I was the one who said Bray Wyatt was going to get the pin, and Greg had said it's going to be um, submission. Well, when he put the mandible claw on Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan passed out in the middle of the ring, flat out, the referee counted his shoulder down for three. And bullshit. I got, and I got the bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. <laughs> and uh, so it was just, uh, I mean, there's been some... There's been some uh, interesting prediction shows. Which one of the prediction shows do you like that stuck out? Oh, I, I don't know. We've done so many oh, of them. A lot of likes up there. Thank you for sending in those likes. 
I don't know why. Whomever you are. What's that? I said whomever you are sending those likes. I thought that was back in the Flintstone days where you had to pedal cars with your feet. watching he's not sure how this thing works okay I thought that he was uh, on here let me uh, I don't even know if he's I mean I know he's on Facebook that uh, I just don't see I just don't see his name up on here right now because he's not watching you're not gonna see his name unless he's watching right uh, I guess not is there any way we can see if he can watch it without uh, uh, Matt court add add okay it says they're adding so let's see let's see what happens now yep oh, there we go there hey yay how we doing, guys? Good. How are you? Good. I apologize for that. I thought you were on Facebook. I apologize. No worries. No worries. But, uh, all right, guys. For those of you people who don't know, our guest has arrived. Our guest has joined us live on Facebook. He is the number one indie wrestling ring announcer in New England. It's Mr. Matt DeCore. Matt, welcome to the Top Rope Reports 500th episode. Pleasure to have you. Uh, uh, thank you very much, guys. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys, you know, and I've mentioned 
before, I'll say it again. You know, you guys were the first uh, talk show, podcast, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, full program I did. So always got a lot of love and respect for you guys. So always very happy to join you for uh, this uh, special occasion and uh, looking to have some fun today. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I appreciate those kind words, and I, I echo the same words. Um, Matt and the show has uh, kind of gotten a friendship over the years, even though we don't spend much time talking with each other. We don't, you know, we don't spend too much time at shows and everything. But Matt's always right here. You know, always, uh, always love to see Matt do his job in the ring, and got lots of questions for him, Greg. So. Fire him off if you're ready, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. My, my apologies my, uh, for my, if I look a little tired. Uh, you know, I, I had uh, three shows and a full day of work in, in uh, the Friday and Saturday. So it's been it's been a little busy, but it's been a lot of fun. So and, uh, I'm with it. I just I just might look a little sleepy. That's uh, so, you, so you've only been awake for about an hour. You got up at around 2, 2.30 is what oh, you're that's, saying? That's the, that's the problem is that, you know, it's like <laughs> been, been a late couple days. My in, in, internal clock just you know that, that the first thing in the yeah. morning just says you're getting up whether you like it or not kid. Right. you better have some coffee ready <laughs> yep so Matt the question I want to ask you first is do you remember your very first um, ring announcing show and what was your feeling when you got in the ring <laughs> I'll also feel that I'll never forget it and I dang sure remember it and uh the, the easiest way I'll, I'll equate it, because there, there was a lot of excitement, there was a ton of nerves, too, because uh, I've alluded to this in you know, past interviews, but, you know, I was uh, I was kind of introverted at that time. You know, and I still am to an extent, but, you know, it's like I, I was one of those people that would get nervous uh, giving a PowerPoint presentation in front of 20 of my friends in a classroom. So being in front of uh, hundreds of people and uh, the running a show, <laughs> that was a little jarring, but you know, I was excited to do something like that. I always kind of knew I had the potential to do something like that, but to, to sum it up, um, I always remember what uh, uh, my good friend, referee Bill Thompson, told me after the fact was that uh, when I opened the show and I had my cards in my hand, it was shaking like crazy to the point where he could visibly notice the card in my hand shaking. So, um, yeah, and, and looking back on it, it's, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't a great um, but everybody's got to start somewhere, and um, I think I'm much better now. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you're pretty good. You're pretty good. Yeah. All right, come on. Yeah. So I love the bow tie he wears, you know, during the shows. Yes, sir. But yeah. So I, I know you obviously you have the cards and everything, so you know the the matches and the orders, but. Do you know the outcomes of the matches? I mean, are you do you have do you get that much information from the promoters and who's running the shows to, to know the outcome of the matches uh, ahead of time? Yes and no. Um, there there are some that uh, for a lot of the regular matches they'll they'll have you know the, the winner noted, and so I'll see it. Um, I usually don't share it with anybody other right. than other production people. Um, just the, you know, the, the, just because, and um, uh, but there are some that uh, sometimes uh, they don't cue me in. But I'm in a unique position where um, if I do know, that's all right. But if not, it's okay too because I'm watching. I'm having a good time. 
you know, be in a band when the matches are going on anyway. So the worst case scenario is I just wait for the result like everybody else and I just get to yell it afterwards. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so sometimes it's more fun like that too, not knowing, especially, you know, in a championship match. Because right, like, right. Like I said, I, at heart, I still am a fan. And so it's, 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 it's fun sometimes when, uh, when you get to you feel that excitement uh, firsthand and, and not know as well. Yep. And there was, uh, there was some times where you probably didn't even want to know. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where, uh, no, it's okay, we'll leave it on the, on the, on the road there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I remember the one question I wanted to ask you. Well, when you were ring announcing a, a show, that we had at that you know you guys PAPW had at um, the annex. Yeah. What was it like being in the same building and meeting Bob Backlund? Absolutely tremendous. Um, he's uh, saying he's a legend is probably an understatement. Um, he's you know one of the greatest performers that there was in the business, and and to to be in the presence of somebody like that to be able to you know, uh, feel the aura of someone like that. Um, it was tremendous. And, you know, that was kind of like the first experience I had, um, you know, doing something like that. And, and, and oh, I shouldn't say that because, you know, even, you know, first breaking into the business, you know, you see Mario Mancini, you see Paul Roma, yeah. Paul Perez, Big Steve Tracy. It's, <laughs> you know, you're kind of, I was awestruck at that too, initially, I'm not going to lie. And, um, and so it was just kind of that same feeling when uh, you met Mr. Backlund. And, um, but it was, it was cool, too, because I remember, and, uh, you know, he gave me uh, some very kind words at the end of the show, and uh, he was putting a lot of people in the cross-face chicken wing, and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And, I mean, if I could look in half as good a shape as he does and when I get to that age, oh, yeah. I'll be pretty happy with that. He's still in absolutely phenomenal shape. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I have a memory, a remembrance of um, Bob Beck and I, years ago I worked at the uh, Ruby Tuesdays in Cromwell <clears throat> and even now he still was, he was actually the Glastonbury High School wrestling coach <clears throat> back then and they had a big state meet in the area, he was actually at Cromwell High School, <clears throat> big state meet, <clears throat> excuse me, and so after it was over, he dropped off all the wrestlers at Ruby Tuesdays and went up to a bar near there called Brookies on the other side of the parking lot with the coaches to, to knock a couple back. Um, well, he came back and we had this, this one guy who's, you know, a bartender. Um, his name was Lou and he was kind of, you know, he was, he was one of those, eh, wrestling. It's all fake. This blah, blah, blah type guys. So Bob Backman came back and said, all right, he says, you know, he says, yeah, that 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 hold that you do, that that doesn't really hurt, does it? He's like, I don't know. Why don't you let me put it on you? And Lou was a big. I mean, he was he was in shape. He was muscular. Um, probably somebody say around like a Seth Rollins size person. And Bob Backlund, I mean, he put it on him, and I mean, he really put it on. Lou's face started to turn red and then blue, and then he let him go. And he's like, that's how you do the crossface chicken wing. It's like, but Absolutely. this is how you do the crossface chicken wing in WWE. 
put him in the same move and started flailing him around. And he said, no, did that hurt at all? He says, no. He says, that's what we do. Absolutely. That's interesting. I had mentioned before, uh, there was some technical difficulties before about there was this one guy that I invited onto the podcast some time ago, and he wasn't doing uh, interviews at the time. But as he came on the show, I kind of you know nudged him and talked him into it, and I was really honored that he mentioned me in his Hall of Fame speech in 2014, which is Mario Mancini. And um, the stories that guy had to tell were were just amazing. I mean. Him and I went to FanFest 5 together in Rhode Island, and he looked at me and he said, Trip, this is what it's going to be like. This, now you know what it's like to travel on the road. And he was telling me all kinds of stories. And You know, I remember one time when I said to him, hey, Mario, I mean, I don't know how, how it works out, or I don't know if I should be asking you this question, but how do you guys get paid? Because some of those guys have real big contracts. I was like, how do you guys get paid? And he said to me, he goes, well, Trim, he said, when we first started off, Arnold Skolan would be walking through the locker room with a briefcase. And he'd say to me, Mancini, how much money do you need? And Mario would say, well, I need like two grand for the week. He would open up the suitcase, give him the two grand, and he would leave. He says, and then at the end of the week or end of the month, whenever he got paid, he had to give it back to him. So it was like, oh, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So I got, to know, I got to know the ins and outs of that. Yeah. And, uh, well, Greg and I were talking early when the show started about um, one of the best places that we did our show was at Dunkin' Donuts. I'm sure you remember that. When, yes, uh, and I told Greg, I said, that was, we were not only privileged to have you, but it was an honor for us that you would come all that distance. Um, is there anything special you remember about that show or... I mean, we enjoyed doing it there because the acoustics were really good and it was close by. And that was probably one of the best places that we ever did the podcast. Yeah. No, it, and, and to me, it was just like it, the most special thing about it was, and you know, I kind of talked about like the, the, with this with uh, Dr. Kate as well, is that, uh, you know, because back in the day, I remember, uh, just to kind of tease this up, it's like I remember when, I wasn't as involved as I am now, not even close, you know, when I was first breaking in, you know, I would see Don outside, you know, filming on his camera with all the people. I'm like, I wonder if I could ever get to that point. Now that seems like a lot of fun. And, you know, like I did a little bit with him, you know, first. And like I said, you guys were like the first like full show that I did. And, um, and what makes it special to me is that just having moments like that, you know, having people, um, recognize you and reach out and not only that but just getting together in person and having a fun chat you know uh, you know shooting the breeze and and just having fun talking about you know something in a form of entertainment a business that we love and and that that to me was what was special about it is we were there for i think maybe like an hour hour 15 hour and a half or something like that yep. and it just flew by because we were just having fun you know just going back and forth Absolutely, and that was the first time I've got to do that, and I got to do that. And like I said, it was just—it was a lot of fun, and it was just very cool to you know be asked to do something like that. So it's very cool to, to get asked to do anything like that now too. So it's just 
but I'll always remember it, and it's always be very special for me because, as I mentioned at the top, it's the first one I ever did. So. Oh well, we appreciate that. Thank you. So. What so, else, what so, else you got? so Matt, Greg? how much? Like I, I know, like you said, you you just came up with three shows and a long day of work type thing. How how often are you on the road, so to say, to where you have to travel long distance where it's not convenient for you to get back home and you have to like stay at a hotel? Um, I haven't made anything too long distance uh, yet. Uh, the longest drive I've ever had was five and a half hours up and back to Maine. Um, I didn't, I opted not to stay up there um, for a couple different reasons, but uh, in hindsight, I probably, it probably would, might have been a little bit of a better idea. Yeah, that was a five and a half hour drive after a show, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, here, I'll share the story now because you know, I've told people this is not really a secret, so. I did the show uh, up in Maine, and it was a great time, you know, and, and uh, the, the, the event was uh, the company's Vacation Land Pro Wrestling. Great company. Uh, you know, Bobby Ocean goes up there. I think he's still the champion up there, if I'm not mistaken. If I am, I apologize. But um, but either way, it's a, it's a good place, a fun place, and um, I had the opportunity to do a gig up there, and I had a blast, and I was actually... Um, we had planned myself uh, and Bill and uh, and the producer had a plan to film uh, behind the bell uh, the little preview show we okay. used to do for a Paradise Alley uh, the next day. So we had opted to do it. Uh, it was the one we did uh, away um, offsite uh, from from uh, the training facility where we usually do it. And uh, we opted to do it very early the next uh, the, that next day. So I was like, oh, let me get back and do that. And by the time I got back home, it was at that point, it wasn't even night. It was pretty much really early in the morning yeah. at that point. So I had a couple Red Bulls left over uh, from my trip back. So I said, I'm not even going to go to sleep at this point. So I'll right. just wake up even crankier than if I just stayed up. So I powered down the other two Red Bulls, did, did, did behind the bell, and pretty much spent the rest of the day sleeping. There you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, but uh, that, that was probably the most uh, grueling. I had to do three and a half up and back to uh, Rome, New York for uh, an Immortal Championship wrestling show. But, um, but you know, that was, to me, was, uh, again, it was well worth it. Um, Immortal is a, a really fun promotion in the upstate New York area. I uh, got to work with James Storm that night. Um, during intermission, I actually talked to him a little bit because... Um, I stopped watching wrestling uh, for uh, my first hiatus was mid two thousand early early mid two thousands, and one of the things that got me back in was that uh, mid two thousands uh, TNA Impact, and uh, what was his name? Uh, this is the this is the uh, tiredness coming into play here. Jesus, um, <laughs> America's Most Wanted, America's Most Wanted, uh, one of the the tag team teams at the time. They were. You know, they they were one of the reasons that was just kind of sucked me in. They had a they had a really uh, good thing going at the time. So you know, we talked a little bit about that, and it's just really cool because they you know, not only have I formed a lot of bonds and friendships, you know, with just people in the Northeast area, but I've also gotten to work with people that I watched on TV. So right, you know, that's that, that's it's it's the best of both worlds. And um, like I said, I would 
<laughs> there are some long nights and long weekends, and you know it, it may not may not seem more like it's worth it to some, but it's I wouldn't trade this for the world right now. So uh, how how does Matt DeCourt get to do shows for all these other promotions? Is it just somebody a, a wrestler that wrestled for them getting into somebody's ears, or is it like back old school? You're sending out tapes. You're sending out CDs um, to different promotions of how you're able to do your, you know, do your job. It's in a weird way. It's a, and I'll kind of explain. It. It's kind of a combination of both of those things. Um, obviously, as we know, we're in you know the digital media age. Right. Uh, these, these days, um, you know, we're communicating through Facebook Live right now. So, um, and that's kind of the thing is that I. I post a lot of, you know, pictures, a lot of video content on my social media related to wrestling. It's pretty much my online portfolio, more or less. Okay. And, um, and uh, because of that, you know, that's how I stay in touch with a lot of people in the wrestling community. Um, and uh, it's not only uh, the wrestlers, and that, that's another thing, too. That's why I just, you know, this experience has been so amazing, because... Um, you know, I've, I've, as I mentioned, I've, I've made a lot of connections, and um, if anybody, a lot of the times I get booked in places just because, you know, someone, like you mentioned, Greg, who wrestles there, will say, hey, you know, this promoter in, you know, XYZ location, uh, he's a ring announcer, would you be interested in doing it? And if I'm free, chances are I'll say yes. Right. <laughs> um, um, so, um, and not only that, too, but, you know, we've got... The Northeast, you know, in addition to me, um, there's a lot of uh, tremendous uh, announcing talent um, in the Northeast. Uh, you know, guys like Rich Palladino, guys like Ryan Peterson, Mike Falvo, uh, Sean Pye Jacobs, um, uh, Vince Berry, uh, you know, even uh, young up-and-comers like Cindy Hart and, you know, talking Tommy Saban um, that are starting to find their footing. And I'm sure there's, you know, a lot more. And, you know, if I, if I may miss you, I apologize. Uh from, any, uh, from Northeast Wrestling. Um, he's another one. Um, let's see who else. And, and, and again, my apologies if I'm missing somebody. And, and, um, but you know, I've met I've met a lot of you know other you know very talented uh, ring announcers. You know with different styles. And um, that, that's what's great about this you know ring announcing community here in the Northeast. You know, we're we're not out to get each other. We're not out. To step on people's toes. GK Grant is another one. Just thought of that one. <laughs> yep. Um, and so, like I said, we're not out, you know, to um, Bob Whitney. There we go. There, there's another one. Uh, I'm sorry to name them as they're starting to pop back <laughs> in my head. Um, but yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them will. Uh, okay, train of thought back on now. Uh, the, the the community here in the you know in the northeast right now, so like I said, we're not out to you know steal spots from anybody. We're not out to get anybody. You know, we're we're here to help each other. And you know, like we we have a lot of fun when we work together. Um, I, I worked with Vince with Vince Barry a couple times at Test of Spring. Um, you know, I met Rich Palladino at a World Wrestling Extreme show. Um, I, I worked with uh, John Roy and uh, Bob Whitney uh, doing commentary for the second to last XWA Thursday night throwdown. I wasn't even booked on that. I just, you know, came to, you know, support the uh, promotion because they had been good to me. 
And, you know, they just said, hey, if you got some dress clothes, uh, throw them on and join us on the booth. And that was one of the most fun nights I ever had. Oh, okay, and, cool. Uh, yeah, and so, and it's a, it's, a, it's a great community, and we support each other, you know, and, um, and it's, and I've, I've gotten a lot of, uh, you know, there, there are people that, in, like, for instance, um, you know, one of them will say, you know, hey, I usually work this show, but, you know, since I can't make it, um, would you be interested in it? So, just like I mentioned earlier with the wrestlers, it's, it's the same thing, and um, it's very flattering that, you know, people... People think of uh, think of my talents like that, and um, it's something I don't take for granted because, like I, I mentioned, I always wanted to do something like this, but I never thought it would come to fruition, especially not as quickly as, as it's taken off. Right. So you know, I'm still kind of getting used to you know, getting used to the the, uh, the experience of things, so to speak, and. Uh, uh, it's still kind of crazy to me. I still got to pinch myself every now and then. But like I said, I, I absolutely love it. And, and it's 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 so much fun. And I'm going to do this for as long as I can or until they tell me not to. So. <laughs> right. Here now, are you involved with anything at the training school at all? Like, do you go there during the week? Um, I'm not saying you have to, quote, unquote, practice announcing anything. But, I mean, or is it just you just show up at shows? Um, you know, it's it's a little bit. It's one of those things, you know, it's like the, the, the training facilities are more for the wrestlers. You know? Um, you know, it's about, you know, them being able to get their reps in to be able to learn and grow from, you know, some of the best in business. And uh, the, the door is always open. I popped in to, you know, BABW on, you know, some Mondays and Wednesdays you know, just to say hello or... You know, maybe it's us or someone was going to be there. They want to film a promo or something. Right. You know, or you know, like the other day, I was just in the area, so I figured I'd swing by and you know, just say hello because I want to say hello to my wrestling friends. And um, and so that's one of the things that I'm not required to be there. And you know, most of the time, I I don't want to. Um, I don't want to. Uh, maybe let me rephrase that. You know, it's 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 about the wrestling. So it's like I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really have much to do there, you know, just because like I'm, I'm, I'm a voice. I'm not a, I'm not a wrestler. Well, I, I was just kind of, kind of leading into the. Well, you know what? If you, if you showed up during the week, maybe you can, you know, get a little pointers and a little thing. Because when are we going to see Matt the court take a bump from somebody? When are we going to see Matt the court, quote unquote, accidentally get hit? And then have to drop knuckles with somebody. That's what I want to say. You see, Matt, this is exactly why we do the show. We get along so well because I was just about to ask you the same question. So, so here's the thing: it I haven't officially taken a bump bump yet, but I actually have been in an altercation with somebody. And the reason why nobody has seen it is because the person filming the event cut the video off. No. Of the show, so um, uh, one of the wrestlers at that particular show uh, lost the championship and was none too happy. Oh, okay. was beating up the referee. Um, I felt pretty bad about it, so I went in to go check on him, and uh, he was just uh, very upset at the whole situation. And uh, apparently, he wasn't too happy that I was uh, checking on uh, my fallen referee. <laughs> and uh, I ate an elbow to the face for it, and a couple of briefcase shots to the leg. 
And um, so yeah, so it did happen. That was at uh, that was at the Morb show in New York. And uh, and but hey, who knows? Maybe 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 I will get in, uh, get in uh, and do a little training today so I can get receive one. And so this will lead to my last question. Then I'll turn it back over to Trib. If that say hypothetically that were to happen. You were actually, and you actually had a, t- a moment where you were gonna wrestle a match. What would your intro music be? You know, I've thought about this a lot because even as an announcer, there, there's been some times where uh, some of the production people ask, you know, you want an entrance song, you know, we'll, we'll do it. You just got to give it to us, and, you know. And I, I've thought about it because it's one of those things where, you know, as an announcer, my job is to enhance the experience, you know, for not only the fans, but also the wrestlers themselves. You know, it's not it's not about me. And so if, if I were to have some entrance music, um, you know, I'm a big metalhead, so it would be, I feel like it would need to be something, something fast, something heavy. Um, I'm a big fan of this band called uh, Power Trip. And lately, I've been listening to their song uh, "Executioner's Tax Swing of the Axe," and uh, as of right now, I'm thinking that that might be the one. Okay. So if, uh, if you like, if you like uh, hard rock and heavy metal, uh, go ahead and give uh, "Executioner's Tax Swing of the Axe" by Power Trip a listen. You will be energized very quickly. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. What would your name be? That one, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> That, that one I have no clue. That, it was kind of funny too because uh, I was uh, I was uh, filling out um, kind of like a little questionnaire for uh, this guy who was going to start his promotion. I ended up not not happening because of the pandemic. But uh, either way, he was looking at it and he was like, and he was like, "So uh, what's your name?" I'm like, Matt Court, and he goes, "What's your ring name?" And I go, Matt Court. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I have really got Matt Court there. We are here with why consider the Howard Finkel of Indie Ring Announcers, Mr. Matt DeCorda, joining us live. Uh, Gary Gray, thanks for tuning in to listen to the show. Greg, you had some awesome questions, Rod. That's going to be tough to follow. Um, well, Matt, one of the questions I was going to ask you, and I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but go ahead. who's the toughest wrestler you've ever had to work with? I mean, wrestler, referee, I mean, I know the ring announcers sometimes get along pretty well with the referees, but is there just somebody that's just like, gets under your skin every time you announce them, or they scream in your face or whatever? Who's the toughest one? <laughs> well, you know, there's been a few, you know, back when uh, back when uh, the House of Pain were, uh, were uh, displeased, you know, I'm sure you might have seen, they used to get in my face a little bit. If I announced them as the Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champion, that wasn't enough. You know, it had to be the, and I've memorized it now because they corrected me so many times. <laughs> Three-time longest-reigning Paradise Valley Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champions and the greatest tag team in the world, the House of Men. They are okay. wrestling. But, uh, but, you know, they've since, you know, they've turned a leaf now, you know, so they don't give me hard time anymore, at least not yet, you know, who knows if things are going to change again. But, um, you know, there's a there's a guy uh, at Immortal, and I actually just worked with him at uh, New Age Wrestling last night. The Greek God Papadon, and uh, the Greek God Papadon, um, he's uh, he's very particular about how he is announced. Um, 
he's uh, very particular about how he's entered enters the ring, and so you know there are times that uh, that um, if I'm not uh, doing something right, if I'm not assisting the Greek god Papadon, he gets the uh, gets a little upset and uh, and threatens. But um, you know, thankfully, cooler heads prevail. You know, I don't want like I said, I don't want to get physical with anybody. That's not my role. So, um, but you know, like there's. It is what it is, you know. You get your you get your goodies and your baddies, and, you know. It's mm-hmm. you know, not, not not everybody wants to give you a high five. So right. Well, <laughs> some well they may want to give you a high five, just may be to your face, not to your hand. <laughs> well said, well said. <laughs> uh, while while we got that on here, Greg, if you don't mind, I'd like to go over a couple of the indie shows. That Will you stop shows. clicking your pen? Oh, sorry. Time to <laughs> Sure. Uh, I'd like to go over some of the indie shows with Matt, see what he, you know, get his take on them, and you know what he thinks about the promotions and the wrestlers and everything. And uh, we're going to start off with September second, King of Paradise, Paradise Alley Pro Wrestling's Alley Fights. Qualifying matches are on that night, September second. It's going to be six sixty two Co Avenue in East Haven, Connecticut. Bell time is seven p.m. Tickets are ten dollars. Last time I remember King of Paradise was a great show. Absolutely. No, the King of Paradise tournament is one of our signature events at Paradise Alley. Um, the, the lineage of the uh, the King of Paradise uh, winners, has, it's tremendous. Um, and I expect nothing less this year. Um, the, the overall theme I think we're going to get to is that Connecticut right now, for whatever reason, and it's a very good reason, mind you. There's no bad reasons for it, but um, it's become a really big hotbed for independent wrestling. Um, I've seen some incredible talent, um, young up and com- from young up and comers to chiseled uh, veterans that have come through um, just in Connecticut alone uh, these past two years. So I'm sure you're going to see a mix of you know talented, battle-hardened veterans and hungry up-and-comers that want their shot at the big time coming through this King of Paradise tournament in 2022. Um, so it's going to start next month. It's going to go, um, I believe, into October. And uh, hopefully uh, hopefully before the holiday season, we'll know who the 2022 King of Paradise will be. That'll be interesting. I just have a couple more here. One other one is September 10th, Northeast Wrestling at 40 Peck Road, Bethany, Connecticut. There's going to be an NEW live title match between the challenger Channing Thomas versus Casey Navarro and Alec Price versus RJ Rude. Have you ever had a chance to work with any of those or have you worked with that federation before? I have not worked with uh, Northeast Wrestling. Um, I, uh, back before I was a ring announcer, though, um, you know, they would bring in people like uh, that were uh, fresh off uh, WWE stints or um, uh, the cream of the crop of the independent scene at the time. Uh, I think I watched uh, Flip Gordon and uh, Jushin Liger at one of their events, and I think I saw one of Cody Rhodes' first independent matches there. So, you know, they definitely um, put on a great show. Uh, I've worked with three out of those four uh, people. I worked with uh, Casey Navarro one time at uh, Tessa's Strength Show. Uh, he is an extremely talented performer, high flyer, very high-paced performer. Um, the, 
test of strength. He's very versatile talent, uh, very charismatic, um, and he's a lot of fun to watch too. And RJ Root, of course, yes. RJ Root, the, the pop punk devil. Um, I've worked with him both uh, when he was with uh, Insane Root um, and as a single. Um, he's one of those guys that is just anywhere he decides to take the match, he's dangerous. He's a high flyer, technically gifted. He's put on a lot of muscle since I first saw him a few years ago. So he's just one of the most versatile performers that there, uh, wrestlers that there is in the game. And so is that so those two matches on paper sound like they're going to be a lot of fun. So. Awesome. And then right after that one, we have Fight for Your Dreams 5, which is Saturday, September 17th, 6.30 p.m. at the Elks Lodge on 17 Spring Street, Northampton, Massachusetts. Tickets to the front row are $20. Online, they're 30 General admission is 15 Online, they're 25 Kids under 13 are $10 online, and that's going to be, I believe, headlined by former WWE and Ring of Honor wrestler Loki, who makes his debut that night. Kevin, uh, found on Fight for Your Dreams Slab. You worked for them before? Or? Oh, yeah, no. Test the strength. Uh, as I've made no bones about it. You know, Paradise Alley is my home promotion, my number one promotion. Um, and, you know, without, without them, I wouldn't be here talking to you guys today. Uh, none of it would be possible, but um, Test of Strength, um, Fight for Your Dreams is their biggest yearly event, and uh, Test of Strength is my second home. Um, they, uh, when I first started uh, trying to branch out, um, Flickwagon Brown was the uh, first person I reached out to to see if uh, my services could be utilized there, and an opportunity arose. I grabbed the bull by the horns, and I've been there ever since, <laughs> so... Um, and, uh, uh, Test of Strength has really been elevating their game, um, these past few years, and the main event, and is, as you mentioned, uh, or at least, it, it, I'm not sure if it's going to be the main event yet, not, I'm not sure where it's going to fall on the card, but, um, if you're not excited for this, then I don't know what would make you excited, because you have, um, a guy, once again, a guy that I grew up watching, not only in the, for a short stint in WWE, but even in, uh, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, New Japan, low-key, very talented. Um, again, you know, just a, a very, you know, hard striker. Uh, fly if he wants to. Technical wrestling, one of those all-around people that I mentioned. Um, going up against Ichiban. And Ichiban, I remember the first time, I, I, I announced Ichiban's first match. And... It was it was quick, you know. It was you know he was he was bested, I believe, uh, by Sammy Diaz in just a few minutes, and you know Sammy Diaz is still on the top of his game these days. So you know there was no shame in that. But every time after that, he got better and better and better, and to the point now where I believe it's only a matter of time until a big time promotion signs him. Um, he got it all. Um, He's got all the skill sets. There's just, even though he doesn't say much besides number one, um, he is just has this aura around him that just the fans just can't help but be sucked into, and they feel that aura, they feel that energy and fighting spirit, and they're just behind him. 
and it's just been an amazing thing to see his career progress as quickly as it has. And putting two guys like that together, I mean, that's worth money alone right there. And, right. And there's going to be a tremendous card around it, and you're not going to want to miss it, folks. I guarantee it. Yep. And the final one I want to talk to you about before we get into more stuff on the show here. September 25th, BAPW presents Wild Wrestling 2 at the Cadillac Ranch at 445 Butte Lane in Southington. Bell time is 2 p.m. Tickets are $20. They're having a 15-woman battle royal. That is that the first time BAPW's had a 15-woman battle royal? Absolutely it is. Um, yeah. You know, we've had, uh, we've had a few women's matches here and there, um, but uh, definitely never something this big. I think it's a great thing. Um, you know, uh, women's wrestling is as big as it's ever been, and um, there's a lot of female talent around in the Northeast as well, and I'm very happy to be a part of a show that's going to show off some of the best, brightest female talent that there is right now in the wrestling business. And uh, the first Wild Wild Wrestling at uh, the Cadillac Ranch was a huge success. Uh, it was The house was pretty packed, and um, I had a ton of fun. Uh, the matches were incredible. Um, Full Dread and Ryan Frost in the main event was just crazy. Um, you had two ECW, uh, former ECW originals, HC Loke, just incredible going at it. And once again, just, you know, a card of just, you know, a mix of just uh, veterans and up-and-comers just battling it out, you know, seeing people who would come out on top. And it was a great night all around, and I'm look, looking forward to another really fun, really successful night in Cadillac Ranch on the 25th. Awesome. Now, where 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 at the Cadillac Ranch do they put the ring? Is it outside? Is it inside? I mean, I'm, I'm just – I mean, I've only been there a couple times. I'm just trying to envision where the ring is actually set up. Yep, and I believe there's like uh, there's like a dance floor um, in like uh, one of the areas. It's like a huge like open floor. They right. have tables by the windows, so they put it over there. Oh, okay. Um, it's actually a nice configuration, so uh, they're able to uh, pack a lot of people in, and we hope to pack a lot of people in on the 25th. Okay. Awesome. Oh, uh, great. Well, we got Matt here. Uh, let's uh, go over, I mean, if you want to, if you uh, feel like it, let's go up to our, my favorite part of the show. I Matt. don't have anything. Oh, okay. I didn't we, usually have a, we usually have a part of the show where it's my favorite part of the show. It's called Nuggies News, where Greg comes up with news that, you know, not a lot of people know. And like but, I had said when we first started the show, if it wasn't for that guy, there's no top rope report. Yeah, but traditionally, whenever we've had on a guest, we've never done Nuggies News, so I didn't Okay. Didn't even think to put anything together. Okay. Because um, Nuggies yeah. News, he says, is important, but it's always taken a backseat to any guest. So. Yep. Um, you had mentioned the ring announcer before, who has always been one of my favorites, the Beard of Knowledge, G.K. Durant. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing a, I remember going to a show in Waterbury one night, and I happened to be talking to GK because he used to be the ring announcer for a wrestling promotion in Springfield, Massachusetts that was run by the late Eric Newton, and we got to talking one day, and he invited me to the show in Waterbury, and he said to me, he goes, how would you like to try your hand at ring announcing, doing one match? And it's like, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a try. I like talking in front of people. Sure, no problem. He gives me a tag team match where two of the guys, I couldn't even pronounce their names hardly. But when I got in the ring, I wiped my feet on the apron. And then I got in the ring when I sat down. He said, that was a good thing to do first time. He said, because that shows respect for the wrestlers that have come in the past and beforehand. And I said, well, I said, I, I, as a matter of fact, I remember one of the match, one of the wrestlers was, um, uh, he went into the wrestling name of Freakin' Regan. And he teamed with Jay Busta. And the other two guys, I couldn't pronounce their names if you broke it down in syllables. <laughs> and, and it was like, man, I said, I couldn't believe that you guys, you know, got to be bilingual to pronounce some of these names. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you remember your very first PAPW show, how you got into it? Did they just come up to you and say, hey, Matt, we need a ring announcer. Would you like to ring announce tonight? And what do you remember about it? Uh, it, I, I remember it all very vividly. Um, it all started because I was working for a local newspaper at the time, um, and uh, Big Steve Tracy was, uh, you know, very involved in the town. So him and I, you know, became pretty friendly. You know, just in communications on, you know, town going on. And uh, he mentioned to me one day, you know, hey, I also have a wrestling promotion. It's called Paradise Alley. Uh, if you ever want to check it out, just let me know. And I said, Steve, I love wrestling. I'd love to check it out. You know, so. I went there and, you know, just as a fan, sat, sat, sat down with the bleachers, you know, paid for a ticket, watched the show. It was a great show. I had a lot of fun. And uh, talked to him again another time. And he said, you know, hey, man, if you ever want to get involved, you know, definitely let me know. You know, we could always use a little help. And I said, yeah, sure, why not? So I started off, uh, you know, at their bigger shows. I would hop in uh, every now and then to uh, do like uh, two or three matches with uh, one of my mentors from business, Guardian Chaos Big Daddy. Shout out to Big Daddy. Um, and so, it, it, you know, that was the big shows. Again, you know, just pop in, you know, two or three matches here and there with him on commentary. At the alley fights, I would, you know, help out, you know, take, uh, take the money at the door for uh, admission, stuff like that. And, you know, just, just wanted a helping hand wherever possible. Um, the ring announcing thing happened, uh, I believe it was a show in Middletown that, that, that we were doing. Uh, it was either, I think it was after I had my turn in the booth, I was sitting and just, you know, enjoying the rest of the show, having a good time. And I'll never forget it. Mario, Mario Mancini walks up to me and he said, hey, kid, can you do me a favor? And I said, yeah, what do you need, Mario? He's like, can you practice in the mirror for me this week? And without even thinking about it, I said, yeah, sure, absolutely. And then I slowed myself down. I was just like, but for what? And he points up to the ring announcer at the time. He said, that's going to be you next week. And I was just like, oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and again, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it was just, you know, little nerves, a lot of excitement. Um, I shouldn't say a little nerves, a lot of nerves and a lot of excitement. But Right. Seems to have worked out pretty well. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, Greg, aren't we still waiting for the debut of Matt Court singing the national anthem at one of the shows? That too. That's the other thing. Yeah, I forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. But, uh, my singing voice isn't as good as my announcing voice, so I will. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll preface, preface it with that first. But hey, there, there one go. day it could happen with the audio system down and 
That would be easy. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, WWE is the big one. That's what um, I'm saying. The biggest, the most yeah. money. I mean, that would be, to me, would be an obvious choice. I know you mentioned something, how you got involved with wrestling through TNA. Right. I mean, if, if TNA called you and said, hey, Mr. DeCourt, we heard about, oh. we saw you ring announce and whatever. We'd like to have you come down and try out for a show. I'm sure you'd have your bags packed and in the car before you hung up the phone. Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, a- anyone that has, um, you know, big exposure that, you know, that's, um, that can, you know, not only help further my career, but, you know, would, it would be huge, you know, for something like that. Just because, like I said, it's, it, it, you know, and some people, you know, the you know, impact only gets like 100,000 viewers you know, every now and then, but, you know, that's, that's still a heck of a lot in the grand scheme of things, you know, and, and, you know, just because a lot of people aren't watching, it doesn't mean there's a good wrestling going on. So, I mean, right. yeah, so if, if anyone with, you know, that had, you know, a TV deal, you know, a lot of reach, if they reached out, heck yeah, I'm on board, you know, that would be a lot of fun, especially, too, I mean, you know, if I could, and again, you know, I'm not in this, you know, for fortune or fame, you know, I'm in this because I love it, and I have a lot of fun doing it. And yep. at the same time, if there's fortune and fame to be had, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Don't, don't blame you. Don't blame me at all. Yep. A couple of things I wanted to mention before uh, we went on again was this this um, Fight for Your Dreams 5. Uh, one of the matches I noticed that stuck out to me has a special guest referee, special guest enforcer. Um, I don't know Ryan Frost very well. But I'm very knowledgeable when it comes to Jimmy Mees. Big Measy. Um, and it's the four-way championship match. Mike Skyros versus Marco Santos versus Sammy Diaz versus Slick Wagner Brown. That's a hell of a match. Oh, that's and, and that, that's what I mentioned earlier. Is that, you know, the Yvonne Loki match, that's gonna be that's gonna be tremendous, but I mean that's just one tremendous match on what is gonna be a tremendous card. Um and this is no exception. Um, so, basically, to, to, to give everyone the backstory on this is um, um, about two months ago, roughly, uh, we had we had an event at Tessa Strength, and it was in Waterbury, Connecticut, the the now hometown of one Ryan Frost, and he was challenging uh, uh, the magnificent Marco Santiago uh, for the Tessa Strength Championship. Um, by all accounts, um, Ryan Frost had Marcos beat and was the champion. But uh, some things happened, and uh, there was some potential foul play involved. And uh, the decision was overturned, and Marcos literally ran out of the building with his alleged conspirators and with the championship still in hand. And uh, uh. Some, some fans, uh, some uh, and some people even in Tessa and Strength themselves have now dubbed that match the uh, Waterbury Screwjob uh, because of how everything went down. So 
between um, Margos and Brian. Um, and this all had, and so the match was, uh, this four-way match was set up, a, a number of things came into play with how this one came out. But, uh, you know, Frost and uh, Meezy have developed um, a, uh, a union called uh, the Frost Boys. And so uh, the two of them are, I'm sure you know, Triv, are two of the toughest SOB business. And so yeah. they, are, they are in place to make sure that nothing like what happened to Frost happens to either one of the three challengers in that match. Everything will be fair. There's no shenanigans, no chicanery, no cheating. And they're going to make sure that that is fair play in that match. Yep. And I remember Jimmy Meese being involved in an organization called Defiant Pro Wrestling. Um, as a matter of fact, I happened to be handed a t-shirt from him uh, after one of the shows. And I, would, I still have the shirt. I still wear it to this day. And, um, you know, Jimmy Meese has always been a, you know, a good... Uh, a good guy when it comes to me and doing interviews and everything, and unfortunately, I haven't been able to get him on the on the uh, the podcast yet because he's a very hard guy to get a hold of. <laughs> but um, yeah, so those should be interesting. And uh, Greg, anything else from that? Well, I was going to ask. I mean, I know you said you took your first hiatus from wrestling, you know, watching wrestling or whatever, but I mean, how much of it do you pay attention to now? Well, um, and I know this, uh, this might be uh, uh, a little uh, uh, jolting for trip, but um, uh, the one I pay attention to most right now is uh, AEW. Okay. Um, and uh, a big contributor of that is um, because on their um, – yeah, there, there's a look. I was, I, I was waiting for it. Um, <laughs> um, and so th- there's a number of factors in that. Um, I will say this. Um, I don't think I will ever be as – big as or should say as into a promotion as i was with nxt black and gold um okay obviously you know there was my formative years you know i was a product of the attitude era the monday night wars those were great times but you know i was largely watching from home right um during nxt black and gold i was able to go to several events live and i saw matches that on paper were dream matches you know with my own two eyes in an arena, and um, and I was just—it it was basically an independent and international super league—is the way I, is the way I described it to uh, a lot of my uh, friends and fellow wrestling fans. And it was just at its height. It was—I I don't think there was anything better, uh, all things considered. Um, that has changed, um, and, um, you know. And also, too, it's like I'm very interested to see what happens now that, you know, Triple H's take over. Because that's as, that's what I was leading towards. Right. I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown in a while just because I was dissatisfied with the product I was seeing. Um, you know, nothing was grabbing me, um, you know, and and I'm not one of those people that's just going to watch just to watch and, and complain about everything. If I don't like something, I'm not going to invest my time. Right. You know, so, so I, I didn't. And, um, but, and even though I'm still not watching that, cause it's going to be, it's still going to, even though he's making some big moves, it's still going to be a little bit until everything is that he wants to implement is fully in place. So I'm keeping an eye on it for sure. I definitely like the way things are going. It feels new. It feels different. Um, I have seen a couple matches here and there and 
Michael Cole sounds like a completely different person um, now that uh, now that the new regime is in place. That that was very refreshing to hear. Like he's yep. he is truly one of the best when he's not overproduced. Right. And so, but the thing about AEW is that um, as a fan, I just I favor matches that you know have a little bit more of a higher pace to them. And um, you know, AEW has a lot of guys on their roster that can do that. Um, you know, I mentioned my love of NXT Black and Gold. Uh, there are guys like you know Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland that are there now that I follow. Yep. Uh, they're having a good run. Um, CM Punk is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. So you know, I'm definitely checking out what he's doing. But also a low key, uh, no no pun intended with that. You were talking about low key the wrestler earlier, but <laughs> low key why I like to watch is because on their Monday and Tuesday shows, Dark Elevation, uh, they sometimes feature uh, wrestlers that I've worked with. Right. That, that right. right around Northeast. I mean, there was honestly, there, a couple weeks ago, there was one uh, Dark Elevation episode where every match had at least one wrestler that I had worked with on, uh, you oh, know, wow. ring announcer. And, and every, I think there was like seven matches and like six of them had wrestlers from the Northeast that I, that I worked with before. Oh, so, very so cool. it, it, Yeah, so that, that, that's another reason I pay attention to it because, you know, I want to I want to support I want to support the people that, you know, I've worked with. I want to support my friends. So, you know, right. what better way to do that than to give it a view and uh, support the numbers with that. So, and, you know, hopefully they'll bring them back if the numbers are good. So, you know, whatever I can do, I hope I will. And, um, and granted, too, it's not like I'm not one of those people that, you know, think that AEW is a be-all, end-all. It does have, has, have its faults, and, and, you know, but right now at uh, on this date that, that we are talking, uh, I, I think it is I think it is the slightly better product. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know if Matt knows this or not, but AEW is coming back to Connecticut. Uncasville, yep. October 28th in Uncasville, Connecticut, so... I went to see a match, a AEW card in Bridgeport, and uh, my boss, where I work at my job, my old boss happened to have a ticket, and he got me one. So I said, yeah, okay, we'll go check it out. And we happened to be sitting about 15 feet away from the pyros. <laughs> oh, my God, were they so freaking loud. <laughs> but I noticed that when you, and as usual, it's probably this way with a lot of them. It's a lot more different live than it is on TV. Oh, yeah. You ain't watching it live. If I see it on TV, I'd probably, you know, prefer to have a spike stuck through my forehead. But when I saw it live, it was an amazing show. And, I mean, if I had a chance to go see it again, I mean, I probably wouldn't turn it down, but I thought it was a good show live. Yeah, and that's, that's the, the 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 difference about it is because if you ask me what my three favorite matches of all time are, they're going to be the, the three matches I always pick are three matches that I saw live in the arena, just because it's the energy is different, you know. Right. It's, it's and the thing about AEW is, is that they have a very rabid fan base, you know. So it's they're they're into everything, every move, and that live event. Definitely enhance it. It's like that a lot with music too. Um, you know, there's a band, a uh, heavy metal band uh, called Chimera. I was never, I was never really 
you know that big of a fan of their of their you know studio music or but I saw them live once and the energy was just it. I, I was moving, headbanging, and all that good stuff. Just and so, yeah. and so it's like even though like I, I still don't own any of their albums, I really don't listen to a lot of their stuff on Spotify. But you know, if if they were ever to come around to like Toast Place or something like that around here, I'd probably go go check it out just because it's a fun show to see live. And then one of our viewers, Jerry Gray, just typed into us. Told you so. AEW is a better product. <laughs> Jerry. When it, when it first came out, I considered AEW a glorified ring of honor. And then ironically and, uh, enough, I they wanted it. merging. <laughs> yep. And I mean, I don't go out of my way to turn it on and watch it and say, oh, it's Wednesday night, let me turn on AEW. But I have watched it on TV from time to time. Never watched the whole show, but I've watched it just to see, you know, because, oh, Christian's going to be on or MJF promo which I saw, but I mean, I still think that with the direction under, under Triple H's direction, I really think WWE is going to, you know, go leaps and bounds over everybody else because he's starting to bring back some talent. We're starting to see first time matches. I mean, I never saw, um, I never saw Drew McIntyre against Kevin Owens, which I, which we saw. Uh, Jerry said, if you like metal, check out Funeral something death metal band from Jersey. So heavy. Will okay. do. Um, yeah, and it's just like some of the first time matches. Like his first pay-per-view he did under his direction, I thought was amazing. And even yeah. the second one, even the second pay-per-view, which was, which was the last one, Greg? SummerSlam, right? Yeah. Yeah. SummerSlam, I thought, was a real good pay-per-view as well. So... I think he's going in the right direction. I just want to see if he can, you know, continue the momentum. Oh, no doubt. And um, I, I definitely think he can because, um, just like I said, just based on my experience, I loved what he did with NXT. He was at the helm of that. So, you know, and again, you know, it's going to, I don't think it's going to happen overnight, um, but I'm definitely going to keep my eye on, you know, if there's matches I want to see that he's putting on, I'm going to watch them. If I hear that, you know, this one and this one absolutely tore the house down, you got to see it. I'll, I'll go out of my way and watch it, you know. And, um, and, and and if it does end up sucking me back in, well, maybe I'll go back to uh, Mondays and Fridays instead of uh, Wednesdays and Fridays. So, <laughs> there you go. There you go. You never know. So that's I, I only have to, I only have enough time for one promotion. Though. I have learned that because I have so many <laughs> I have so much of my own stuff to worry about that I can't watch it all. Yep. So, Greg, we got anything else from that? No, um, no. All right. So this was our 500th episode. Matt, I want to thank you very, very much for joining us today. It's been an honor and a privilege to have you on and to talk wrestling. Um, for you people out there that have seen the show today, I'm sure this is not going to. I'm sure this is not the, first, the last time you'll see Matt Court on the top row before. It definitely will not be, guys. It's always a pleasure to come on. It's always a lot of fun talking with you guys. Thank you all. For the, thank you both for having me. Oh, no like problem. It's our pleasure. This was, this was oh, a, lot fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And uh, definitely love to do it again anytime you want. All right, great. Thank you very much, Matt. We'll talk to you later. All right. Take care, guys. All right. Take care. Take care. All right, you too, guys. Bye-bye. Yep. So, hope he knows how to sign off.
There you go. <laughs> but uh, Jerry Grace says, cool interview. Good guy. Yeah, I can read, Mike. You, you know. Oh, and okay. anybody that's watching the lives, those same comments are on. They can see that. Oh, well, I know sometimes you say you have a hard time seeing it because of the... Uh, it comes on the screen, I guess. And, uh, yeah, you're right, Jerry. He was. He's a good guy. We've known Matt for quite a while. And uh, he's a really good guy. Uh, very knowledgeable in wrestling. So, and there's, uh, yeah, so 500 episode went uh, went well. I was glad that Matt was able to join us. And we oh, can absolutely. talk uh, reminisce about the old-time wrestling, which is, which is good. Always a pleasure talking to Matt and seeing him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some great questions, Greg. That was awesome. I, I could sat there and let you go all night long. Well, to that was awesome. Thank you, uh, Thanks, Jared. And, um, yeah, so, uh, I mean, if you want to talk a little bit about SmackDown. Sure. All righty, because we got SmackDown and some uh, Clash at the Castle to discuss. Um what did you think of SmackDown? I thought it was a decent show. It was all right, yeah. It was all right. Um, third straight week that I think Raw was better than SmackDown, though. Yep. I definitely agree. So, but, uh, I mean, there were things that uh, I enjoyed watching on SmackDown. There was a couple things that I really didn't care to see. You know, the bathroom break was uh, a good thing for me during one of the segments. <laughs> But, um, I mean, if you want to go over some of the matches, we can discuss them. Sure, sure. All right. Um, do you need a, a restroom break? <laughs> no, nope, all right. Well, it's been an awful long time since you, you've had to go pee, so. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm drinking my, my yellow drink here, my lemonade. Oh, so you're so, recirculating. Yeah. You're peeing in the cup and then just drinking it back? <laughs> Uh, all righty. Well, I mean, it started out with Ronda Rousey um, opening up. Well, not really opening up show, but kind of taking over the ring um, and then having to be forcibly removed. Um, what did you think? Uh, I'm just getting. I'm just getting over Ronda. I mean, obviously, it's. I think it's good for. The show where she's suspended and not supposed to be there, but she shows up anyway. Um, you know, takes out the security guards, gets handcuffed by the cops, and gets led away. We really didn't get a chance to hear her talk too much as far as the promo skills go, but I mean, I, it was okay to see. I gave the segment a C minus. Oh, okay. I think the best part of it was that she wasn't able to talk for too long. Um, it, 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 but one thing I really liked about it is she's, well, I don't know. Uh, it, it's confusing to me because she's obviously playing the role of a heel, but she's getting cheered. I think she's getting cheered more than she did when she was a face. Which just goes to show that people want her to be a heel. Um, the way she took out the guards, um, didn't quote unquote fight off any of the police officers, just, you know, put her arms behind. I actually liked it. 
Um, I actually gave it a B. Okay. Then, the then for the, well, I guess fourth straight show, the first match of the night was another match in the women's tag team title tournament. Um, this one had Natalia and Sonya Deville taking on the replacement team, um, Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons did not appear, um, and instead it was Toxic Attraction. Um, I, this was a good match. I will say I think the best part of the match was Bailey um, showing up with Io Sky and Dakota Kai and ranking on Michael Cole, which I missed so much, um, which is really the only issue I have with her being on Raw is the fact that she can't go after Michael Cole like she always did. Sonya Bill getting thrown into the corner against the barrier and her saying, ha-ha, you should have stayed as a GM, shouldn't you have? I mean, Bailey adding just those little things so it made the match that much better for me. Um, I, I'm honestly going to say that I think this was the best match so far of the tournament, um, and I gave it a B plus. Okay, I definitely agree with your grade. Uh, the match I enjoyed watching is Sonya Deville. Just, I mean, every time I see her in the ring, she has. I mean, I know it's been a while since she wrestled, but that's what we go to the performance center and work out our mistakes and everything. She has a lot of botches in matches, and I noticed there was a couple of them in this match too. But um, I enjoyed the match. It was good. I think uh, I think Toxic Attraction, you know, could go to the finals. It's possible. I want to see how they're going to do against uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. They won't go to the finals. Right? Unless you think Asuka and Alexa are going to go to the finals. Okay. Good versus evil, Mike. Good versus evil. All right. I'll give you the same grade, B+. I thought it was a really good match. Best match in the tournament, I agree. Okay. We then had an in-ring segment where maximum male models were in the ring and they got interrupted by Hit Row. Uh, couldn't have done without that. I'm kind of glad. That, in a way, I'm kind of glad that Hit Row came out and interrupted it because I really didn't want to see the maximum male models. But then Hit Row was playing their music and dancing and the whole nine yards and the crowd, the crowd seemed to be into it. Um, really? I heard booing. I didn't hear crowd being into it. I heard booing. I thought, I thought the crowd seemed, uh, seemed, well, maybe there was just those three other people off to the left that were into it. Um, but, I mean, I, I really could have done without this segment. I think they just brought him out there to give him some TV time again. Uh, the maximum male models, I just think it's ridiculous. I don't know if they're going to turn out to to have a match eventually, but I gave it a D. Yeah, that that was a generous grade. Um, I mean, I don't. 
to me, this was a Vince segment. Maximum male models being in the ring and then Hitro coming out to perform a rap concert. That that that's that's not the way WWE that's entertainment. That's not wrestling. Um I had high hopes, you know, with Drew McIntyre's whole thing on, on Monday, you know, you know, we're wrestlers, we wrestle more in a wrestling ring. Or no, we're wrestlers when a wrestling ring, we should wrestle. That's what they should be doing. We we didn't need this stupid hit row rap concert in the middle of SmackDown. Um, I gave it a right. D minus. Okay. Then after that, we went to a fatal five-way match that had um, Sheamus taking on Ricochet, taking on Madcap Moss, taking on Happy Corbin, taking on Sami Zayn to determine the number one contender for the Intercontinental Belt and Gunther. Um, Well... Normally, when you have a weekly show and you go to three quote-unquote segments in a match, you've got to know it's going to be a good match. Knock it off. They don't spend that much time on a match if it's not good. They're not going to go that long. Um... The only thing is, I don't think this match was good. I really don't. It was great. Um, it, it was an excellent Fatal Five way. There were several, you know, there were a couple times when just two people in the ring, but that was very, very few and far between. There was most time three, four, if not all five guys in the ring. Um, Sami Zayn getting injured and leaving and then coming back. I thought the pop for him when he originally came out was loud, but when he came back out after being injured, it, it made, like I was talking to Trivia earlier, it made me say, "Oh my God, if they ever do a WrestleMania in you know in Montreal again, in the main event of one of the two nights, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have to be in it, whether it's fighting yeah. each other or as a tag team taking on somebody." Because that crowd went ballistic. Um, I almost thought that he was going to win because of that. But Sheamus won. I think that was the right decision. I think a match between Sheamus and Gunther is going to be knock him down, drag him out, brawl. Um, I hope the other two douchebags don't get involved. And if they do, then <clears throat> Gunther has his um, nightstick in his corner, too. So we'll have to see how that happens. But I, I gave this match an A. Oh, Greg, I couldn't, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I thought Sheamus, well, from the get-go, like I shut off the air, I had predicted Sheamus to win. But um, I, I think... I think uh, Sami Zayn would have been a good choice to win because, you know, he's in Montreal. You know, he got a huge pop. Um, and like you said, when he came out again, I think the pop was even bigger. But I, I enjoyed this match, and uh, I think I think Sheamus and Gunther 
at Classic Castle. It's going to be, a, like you said, a knockdown drag out. It's going to be a hard-hitting match. So I gave the match an A-. minus. Okay. After that, we then went to, um, or they went to um, the Viking Funeral. Um, I don't know if there's really even much to grade on this. Um, so, I mean, if it's okay with I you. What was that? I gave mean, it an eye for incomplete. That was well, my I mean, break. It wasn't an incomplete. I mean, it was. I mean, they completed something, you know. I mean, it was, yeah. you know, that it was nice. Well, whether it was or not, I'm 99% sure it was. Um, seeing Sarah Logan, you know, being part of it kind of makes me wonder if at some point she's going to come back more, you know, kind of vision, you know, Rhonda and Shayna getting together and attacking Liv and having Sarah Logan come down and, making a save, but that that's another story for another time. Uh, right. But the match that was then after that was Liv Morgan against Shotzi. Okay, I, I thought this was an okay match. I mean, um, Shotzi was holding her own there for a bit, and, you know, Liv still needs a little work on selling some moves. But um, I, thought, I thought it was a decent match. Shotzi was... Uh, Holding her own there for a bit, and then um, Liv, Liv came away with the win, and then Shayna came out. And I mean, I just think that uh, this is going to be this is going to be the start of a uh, at Clash of Castle. It's probably going to be the start of a, a title run for Shayna because I think Shayna's going to take the title. And um, but I thought the match was okay. I mean, it was a match that. I liked watching. I, I enjoyed seeing uh, Shane. Uh, I mean, um, Shotzi and Liv Morgan in the ring because you know, to me, I've never seen the two of them together in the ring. I've never seen them fight each other in the ring. So, I mean, I could be wrong, but I I've never seen them go up against each other. In the well, ring. if if you've never seen them, then you can't be wrong. They may have wrestled, but if you've never seen them, then you've never seen them. <laughs> I, I, I give the match B minus. Okay. Um, I think the match was just okay. Um, it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just okay. Um, the after match. Um, see, I mean, I can't even really. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm just uh. It was just a message. I was checking it out. Oh, because I just kept all I kept seeing was your hands going across the camera. <laughs> like, what's he doing? Um, I don't know. There was nothing memorable or anything. I, I, I honestly right now couldn't even tell you what Liv did to win. I mean, I know she didn't do the oblivion that she has done to people in the past, but I couldn't even tell you right now what she did to win. That's the problem with Liv Morgan. Everything she does is very forgettable. And Shotzi's just Shotzi. Yeah, they had a little banter back and forth uh, via Twitter for the week to maybe try and drum up quarter interest into the match. But the only part of the match that sticks out to me was Shayna Baszler knocking her down afterwards and threatening 
quote unquote, threatening to, to break her arm. Um, and then, you know, decided to wait and say, I'll do it, you know, at, at the castle. Um, right. So, I mean, I, I gave it a D plus. Jerry. Yep. Then they went to the um, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre face to face. Sorry. Um, and, you know, just before Drew McIntyre came out, he. Uh, I don't remember if he was putting a jacket on or taking a jacket off, um, but there was the hourglass that Karen Cross historically has left to quote unquote taunt people. Um, and then he came down, and, and you know, Roman Reigns, for the love of God, his entrances are becoming longer and fucking longer. Every damn week. I'm like, this was like, it was eight and a half minutes. And then he comes in the ring and it took so long they had to go to a commercial break. And then he came back and you're still waiting for him to be acknowledged. So then he got acknowledged. Um, Drew McIntyre came down. Um, it was earlier noted when Sami Zayn was talking to Roman Reigns at the Usos or having quote-unquote travel issues, um, couldn't cross the border for whatever, for whatever reason. But he had Roman Reigns' back. So, of course, you know, when they got physical and everything, um, Drew McIntyre was setting up for the for a Claymore, and Sami Zayn pushed Roman Reigns out of the way and took the Claymore. Um, obviously, verbally, they didn't really go back and forth too much. They didn't fight for too long because it took, you know, like I said, 82 years for Roman Reigns to get to the ring. Um, so, I mean, I can't really give this that good of a grade, so I'm going to give it a B. Okay. Um, I don't know who Bill's talking about, but he said Triple H is fading him out, so I don't know who he's talking about. But um, Roman yeah, Reigns, maybe. Cool, he looked lost without the Usos and... Paul Heyman in the ring by himself. And, you know, he holds his hand out like this, and one of the, the guys at the ring came, outside the ring came in and handed him the microphone. And, and then, you know, like you said, when he was, you know, when they started getting physical, um, Sami Zayn took the Claymore. I mean, Drew McIntyre ended up giving Roma a Claymore anyway, but. I think that there's just going to be a falling out with uh, Roman and the Usos. Why? Roman and, uh, or the Usos and Sammy, I meant to say. Well, Sammy and the Bloodline. Yeah, right, the Bloodline. And, uh, yeah, I I would agree with your grade to be minus. I would agree with it. I mean, even though it takes Roman 35 years to get to the ring, I think he still does good promos. And Drew McIntyre's he, he's not too bad, but he didn't really he really didn't talk that long. I mean, he's just the type of guy, well, hey, let's get into it. You know, we're in the ring. Let's get to a fight, and that's it. You know, he wants to 
he wants to get at Roman real bad. So this is going to be an interesting match at Clash of the Castle. Yeah, and Roman Reigns um, referencing Drew McIntyre saying, you know, I'm going to be here every, you know, I'm here every week. And Roman Reigns kind of coming back and saying that I don't need to be here every week because, you know, I'm top of the food chain, I'm the tribal chief. I remember his exact quote, but it, it, it kind of referenced something towards that. Yep. So overall, I would probably give the whole card of a C plus. Exact grade, I would have said. Exact grade. Which is, you know, I mean, for SmackDown, which has for quite a while been the better show of the two, you know. And, uh, yeah, so I don't think very much has changed as far as Clash of the Castle goes, right? Well, there's not five matches, not three. Oh, there's five now? Yeah. All right, let's go over those five. Well, obviously, when we were just referencing two, sorry, I got to take my glasses off to read my poem. Um, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre for the undisputed WWE champ, Universal Championship. Lynn Morgan versus Shayna Baszler for the SmackDown Championship. The six women tag match with Bianca, Alexa, and Asuka versus Bailey, Dakota, and Io. Um, Riddle versus Seth Freakin' Rollins has now become official. There was a challenge before that, I, I guess was confirmed or accepted some way, somehow. And then the singles match for the IC title, um, Gunther with Ludwig Kaiser against Sheamus with Butch and Ridge Holland. Okay. Uh, let me ask you, with those matches that they have right now, they're obviously going to add more. Yeah. But with those matches they have right now, do you see this premium line of men becoming one of the best of the year? No. No? Okay. No. Alrighty. I mean, I think that, uh, I think it'll probably be, I don't know, maybe C plus to a C minus at the most. The highest, maybe, I don't know, we'll have to see, depending on where they go with some of the matches. I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to Roman. Right. Um, I agree, Jerry. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to Riddle and Rollins. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to Roman and Drew. I'm looking forward to the six women tag match because, I mean, we really don't see Bailey fight. Um, right. Gunther, Sheamus, I'm looking forward to. So I, I totally disagree with thinking C minus at best. You're insane. Just with those four matches alone. C minus? I mean, what are you smoking? Well, I mean, we would have to see how the card turns out. All well, right. no, 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 right? You said right now. You didn't say anything about matches being added. You said right now. You're looking at it being a C plus to a C minus at best. Right now, with those five matches, I think four of the five matches have the potential of being B to a B plus matches. So, so my question to you about is, is in reference to Liv Morgan, um, Shayna Baszler. 
Uh, you you had said that you thought Shayna Baszler was going to win. Why do you think that? Because I think they're going to I think they're going to look towards Shayna versus Ronda. Because I think Shayna is going to turn out to be a face. Now you do realize that in live events over the past two weekends, Ronda and Shayna have been a tag team. Correct. Okay, so what makes you think they're all of a sudden gonna? Why would they change Shayna to a face? I don't know. That's just what I, that's just what I thought they would well, probably do. And I'm asking why you think that? Because I think that would be a hell of a match. Shayna against Ronda, I think it would be a hell of a match. Whether it's face against heel or heel against heel or face against face. I think it'll be a hell of a match. I could be wrong, but that's just how I look at it. Okay. I mean, would I rather see Ronda versus Shayna or Shayna versus Rochelle Rodriguez? I'd rather see Shayna versus Ronda. Because there's that element of both of them have the... um, Mixed martial arts background, the the UFC background. So I think I think between the two of them it would be a good match. That's just my opinion. So oh, okay, um, so you think Shayna beating Liv makes Shayna turn face? Actually, when you put me on the spot like this, uh, yeah, I'm asking you a question. I think it makes her a bigger Shana, heel. I think right now, Shayna, in my opinion, I don't think that'll happen. I think Shayna's a better heel than she is a face, than she would be if she was a face. Well, well, a she's not to beat Liv Morgan, a quote unquote baby face. She has to be a heel. She makes you even more of a heel. I've got a feeling that Liv Morgan somehow, I think one of two things. I think, well, I shouldn't say one of two things. I think these two things have happened, and I think Liv Morgan has been an underwhelming champion due to the fact that she, quote-unquote, won against Ronda Rousey when she was tapping out. I really think if WWE wants to make her credible or try and get people back to believing in Liv, they're going to have Liv beat Shayna Baszler somehow. And then all of a sudden, you then have Liv being able to spout off that she's beaten not only Shayna Baszler, but she's also beaten Ronda Rousey. How many people in the WWE can say that? And try and get her, you know, fans, quote unquote, back into her good graces, and not boo her once she comes right. to the ring. Right. Okay, I can see that. Oh, and by the way, you were correct. Charlotte's a terrible interview. I had well, I didn't say she was terrible. It was just boring. Yeah. There was nothing exciting about it. It was just, uh, okay, two people talking. Yeah. So. You don't. Yeah, so, so Clash at the Castle, two weeks away. Yep. From Cardiff, Wales. 
on Saturday. Um, I'm you know, looking forward to seeing a good show. Big crowd, I understand, from the ticket sales and everything. They're going to have a huge crowd. First, first uh, live, I think they said the first live arena event, or the first arena event they've had. Stadium uh, event. Stadium event. First stadium event they've had in 30 years. So they're definitely got the itch to have a, a stadium event for WWE in Cardinal Wales. Hold on one second. Uh, Before I ask this next question. Now, what I'm wondering is if, are they saying when they say that, that this is the first stadium event that WWE has had in England in 30 years? I don't remember them at 1992. I don't remember them going over the pond back then. I know. I don't remember when it was that they had WrestleMania at the Sky Dome, which was stadium. So when they say this, are they referring to this the first time WWE is holding a, a, an event outside the U.S.? In 30 years, that's that's in a stadium. Because once again, I don't remember them going over to England 30 years ago for anything. Yeah, SummerSlam 92 was Bret Hart against the British Bulldog at Wembley Stadium. And uh, that was 30 years ago. But uh, no, I mean, I could be right. I mean, it could oh. be the first time they've been out of... Uh, well, you just said it. Yeah, 30 years ago, Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog, SummerSlam at Wembley Stadium, which was a really good, enjoyable match. Oh, okay. Uh, su- surprised that they had the match going on, you know, but that just goes to tell your brother-in-laws, you know, that's the world of wrestling. They put them against each other, and Davy Boy Smith ended up walking away with the title. So, but yeah, so... That's going to be interesting. Our prediction show is going to be coming up, uh, you know, like we do before that. And uh, so Monday Night Raw this week from Toronto. Yep. Edge against, Edge against Damian Priest. I'm expecting a huge pop for Edge. Uh, Trish Stratus will be there making her announcement. What? What, she, what do you mean making her announcement? Well, there, there's a rumor going on that she's going to get back to active competition. No, what? If she does, I'm turning it off. I, I'm done if she does. We don't need, the WWE doesn't need Trish Stratus. You're right. For what? I don't know. That's just. Uh, they need Charlotte to get off her fucking ass and start wrestling again. They don't need Trish Stratus. And no offense, I don't need a 40 plus year old wrestler back in the ring. Right. We, they don't. We need to. We need Charlotte, we need Sasha back, we need Naomi. Well, I don't know about that, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, sure, you got a point there. But, uh, now, have you, I, I mean, a couple of things that I did see. Um, I mean, I guess I could have mentioned it for Nuggies News, but um, 
they've recently, I want to say sometime this week, um, oh, what the hell was it? I'm trying to remember where I saw it. Um, oh, they have a, a banner that comes up. Um, when you log on to, where the hell was it? I don't remember. Oh, onto their roster page. It has, you know, some wrestlers on it. And Sasha Banks, up until this week, was still on that banner. And now she's not on that banner. Is so now I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Why would WWE did WWE do that to try and quote unquote swerve the WWE audience? Um that she is gonna be back, but they're trying to fully remove her. Because she's been removed, both her and Naomi were removed from that beginning of, of you know, Raw and SmackDown where, you know, the WWE thing swerves around the screen and she was yep. replaced by Cody Rhodes. Um, but yeah, it, she was replaced by Lib, by a still photo of Lib Morgan. That's that's something that With, with who? With what? I mean, where? Pitch me here. Pitch me a story here. Because speculation is that her and Naomi will be back to confront whoever wins the tournament and start an automatic feud with whoever the tag team champions are. I can see that happening because of the way Sasha and Naomi, you know, ended in WWE just, you know, walking away and giving, giving back the belts. You know, I mean, I can see them coming out and saying that, that they're still the rightful owners of the championship. So, I can see that. So, but I, I mean, Naomi, I don't know. The jury's still out on her. I mean, I don't know if, uh, well, they're not, back. they're not going to bring Sasha back without Naomi, in my opinion. Right. Because, you're talking about them coming back as a tag team. Yep. Very true. So, yeah, so we're going to have to see what they're going to do as far as uh, the matches go for Cardiff Wales in two weeks and Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. I'm definitely looking forward to the, to the Edge, Damian Priest match, see how that's going to go. See who's going to get involved and who's not. So. Yeah, but unfortunately, Jerry, it, do, it being a tremendous athlete does not mean success in the WWE. True. You, you have to have, you have to be charismatic, you have to be good on the microphone to get anywhere in the WWE, and she's neither. Yep. 
Totally agree. I agree but, on both points. And, and hopefully they give her a new finishing move than the rear view. Yeah, I mean, I know her, I mean, you know, her hitting somebody with her ass, I, I don't, I, I, I don't, I mean, that's as bad as the five knuckle, the five knuckle shuffle or the right. out, the people's elbow. I mean, what, what the, how is that a finishing move? I know. Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.